Monday. Today is February the 26th, and you're listening to My Farm. Well, sustainability is important in agriculture as in all walks of life, but sustainability includes both the economic side as well as the environmental side of agricultural production. Today, we're going to take a look at some local research conducted dealing with reducing phosphorus in corn production, what the yields were, and takeaways. We'll be back with that and more after this message from our sponsor. Sponsored by Seed Consultants. Simply the best value in the seed industry. Learn more at seedconsultants.com. I'm visiting today with Eric Rieker. Eric is a field specialist with OSU Extension. Eric, you did some work when you were still at the county level looking at phosphorus use. And, uh, you know, with the tri-state fertility referent, uh, recommendations that are out now, um, tweaking that as far as looking at it from a Malik perspective versus a Bray P1. And that's, that's changed the numbers in the aspect of what the numbers are, but not what the actual levels are, the amounts from that standpoint. But looking at within what's the maintenance range and things, some interesting results you guys found. Yes, thanks, Dusty. So a few years back, uh, when I was still a county ag agent in Fulton County, we worked with uh, a couple of farmers, a transitioning situation, but uh, eventually worked mostly with the younger farmer uh, doing a starter phosphorus rate trial on corn. Um, and, and I think these were growers that perhaps through the course of the tri-state revisions realized that they were maybe applying too much or luxury mm-hmm. amounts of, of starter phosphorus fertilizer, so in particular 1034-0. So I would say in phase one of kind of some anecdotal research, they reduced their rate down from about 14 gallons of 1034-0 down to seven. And then through the course of 2016 to 2018, each year, research year, we, we examined a zero 1034-0 rate or a zero phosphorus rate. Uh, as compared to a seven gallon per acre, uh, which translated into about 28 pounds of P2O5. In both those cases, it was nitrogen balance. So it wasn't that we were putting zero nutrients on at at starter or at plant, but we were putting uh, zero phosphorus and 28 pounds. I think the important thing for farmers to hear in this conversation is, is that this farmer was very meticulous in knowing his phosphorus levels. So mm-hmm. soil test phosphorus levels range from about 35 to 51 in each of the three years. So we would say he is in that 20 to 40 parts per million omelic three phosphorus. And so that's the qualifier in all this research data is that uh, are you in the maintenance range of 20 to 40 or are you perhaps above that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where this, this particular farmer showed uh, that that he could reduce his rates even more. Now today, and I guess the research results where we had six site years and only one out of six mm, of the go. site years showed that there was a, a, a drag, in, a yield drag, a statistically mm-hmm. significant yield drag by not applying some, some 1034-0. So there's some caution there. And I think today that, that grower probably isn't applying zero mm-hmm. gallons of 1034-0, but I think he's, he's, a little bit more judicious in how much 1034-0 he applies. Uh, we're in a unique situation in the Western Lake Erie Basin where, uh, you know, I, th- I think we're called upon as farmers up in this region of the state to be very, very uh, meticulous, uh, cautious with what we're applying, and, and this work hopefully supported that. Definitely. So the takeaways there is that know what that range is, the maintenance range, but more importantly, know what your numbers are and, and know what that field history response is and, and judge accordingly. Absolutely. I mean, it, it truly started with soil testing. Sometimes we get we look past that to more interesting things, but know your soil test phosphorus levels. A different conversation would be know your soil test K levels, uh, but uh, and, and then make adjustments accordingly. 
My guest again today, Eric Rieker, field specialist with OSU Extension. Eric, thanks for your time. Thanks, Dusty. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after this message from our sponsor. Williamson Crop Insurance, home of Decision Max. Decision Max allows you a simple solution to analyze your operation and make informed marketing and crop insurance decisions to mitigate your risks. Manage your whole operation in one place with the ability to blend counties, marketing, and insurance coverage to give a complete overview of your operation. Williamson Crop Insurance, protecting the eastern Corn Belt since 1980. Learn more at CropCoverage.com. Thanks, Joe. Well, the USDA's Agriculture Outlook Forum always provides a first take on what the current year might look like regarding ag production, prices, and other factors in the farm sector. USDA's Rod Bain reports. What does U.S. ag production, ag commodity prices look like for 2024? Agriculture Department Chief Economist Seth Meyer provided the annual outlook, starting with how prices support what commodities growers might plant this year. Maybe that prices support soybeans a little bit more than corn, so maybe we move a little bit of area back into soybeans. Corn prices moving a little bit lower as well. Sorghum area is largely unchanged. Wheat, after responding to the global demand for wheat because of action in the Black Sea, farmers saying, okay, we'll move out of wheat, we responded. Cotton being perhaps one of the areas where we see a little bit of area growth, and certainly if weather is normal, some big rebounds in production. And rice, pretty steady overall in area. He adds in terms of supplies, corn and bean stocks should continue to build in 2024, while wheat and rice supplies are forecasted to tighten this year. Turning to potential livestock production and prices. The price of swine, a little bit higher, but remember, feeds a lot higher. If you've got cattle and you can run them, you'll make some money. The question is, is will you have those forage conditions? Turkeys, industry facing some serious demand issues and putting a lot of downward pressure. And on eggs, there's a lot of volatility in that. We had a lot of HPAI issues. Meanwhile, slow milk production growth and firm demand, both domestically and internationally, should translate to mostly higher dairy prices in 2024. The ag forecast from USDA includes a continued lowering of output prices. Many prices showing further erosion in the next crop year. Maybe cotton not seeing much of an erosion or even a little bit of a price increase, but many of those commodities coming down in price. Coupled by consistently higher prices for most inputs. Fertilizer prices absolutely have come down from their peak. We had some thought that maybe we'll see a little bit of easing of interest rates over time, but for many of the other other lines in a crop budget, they tend to move and be sticky when commodity prices fall. Input prices for maybe things other than fertilizer, fuel oil, things like repairing your vehicle or your tractor, other things involved in the supply chain, those prices not coming down. So what might be the potential bottom line for producers in calendar year 2024? Producers are going to have a challenging year overall when it comes to narrow margins. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Thanks, Rod. That's what's making agricultural news on my farm. For my 102.7 WMYW, I'm Dusty Sonnenberg. You have a great day.